hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Weekly newsletter. It is weekly, it is free, and you will get tips, tricks, and tools delivered directly to your mailbox. I will recap the current week's episode and all of the takeaways. I'll give you a top story, content I wrote, and then some recommendation that I've been using that I think you should check out. So it is free. It is weekly. It's over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Go ahead and sign up over at howibuilt.it slash subscribe. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 213 of How I Built It. The podcast that asks, how did you build that? Our sponsors today are Text Expander, Restrict Content Pro, and MindSize. You'll hear all about them later in the show. But uh, I am excited to bring on uh, Hazel Kimpo and Zach Terrell, the marketing principal and general manager, respectively, over at the events calendar. Full disclosure, before we get going here, the events calendar is own, is uh, was recently acquired by Liquid Web. Uh, who also owns Restrict Content Pro by owning iThemes. Uh, so I know that was a little bit confusing. It's all under the same uh, umbrella. I just wanted to make that super clear in the beginning. But uh, Zach has been on the show before, and Hazel and I have known each other for a little while. I'm really excited because we are going to talk about uh, a a pivot that the team over at the events calendar made to add a virtual events add-on to their plugin. So before we get into all that, why don't I welcome our guests here. Hazel, how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. It's uh, early over here, but I'm an early riser, so it's all good. It is. I uh, When you mentioned that you were from California, I was like, man, it is early right there. Uh, no, I've been up since like five because I have a kid. Um, I have two kids. Same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, Zach, Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having us, Joe. Oh, thanks for being on the show. Super excited, Zach. Where are you? Also uh, out on the West Coast? I'm not. I'm in the. I'm in the Northeast. I'm up here in New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Very nice. Very nice. So, uh, just a few hours drive down 95 to get to Philadelphia, uh, which is where I'm located. Yeah, multiple yeah, hours. Not, not so bad. Yeah, I say a few eight, hours. Maybe. Yeah, I think yeah. it's eight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's okay. It's, it's yeah. still a day trip. Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, rock and roll. Absolutely. That's a, uh, I was talking to somebody from, uh, from Britain, uh, and they said that a hundred years of their history is like a one hour or two hour drive to us as in, it doesn't seem like that much, right? Like a hundred years is like half of the United States history. Yeah. Um, but to them, like, if I say I'm driving two hours, they're like, that is an insane amount of time to drive. And I'm like, that's... that's I'm like, constantly reminded, like, Europeans don't realize, like, how giant America yeah. is. <laughs> it's, like, huge. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, it takes, like, six hours for me to get to Pittsburgh from Philadelphia. So, like, it's like, I didn't even I'll realize... I'll drive six hours and I'm still in California. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, that was your geography lesson for the day. 
listeners. Thanks for sticking with us through that. Uh, I'm really excited to talk to you about this because the events calendar, fantastic WordPress plugin that focused very much on live events for a long time. And then uh, it seems like you uh, shrewdly realized in the wake of COVID that a virtual events add-on would be um, would be a good thing to have. And so the first thing I, I want to talk about is uh, how you pivoted, right? Because uh, you were a relatively uh, small team when you did this, or did you have, right? Like you didn't have like a fleet of well, developers or? I don't know. Do we are considered a small team or no? We're probably middle of the road when it comes to that sort of thing. I, we may be fairly big in in like the independent WordPress yeah, plugin true. space. You know, we're not we're no automatic or anything sure, like sure. that. But uh, uh, we've got kind of a mixed headcount of contractors and full time employees. So often gotcha. our headcount number is pretty high. But our teams is just over fifty human beings. Wow, I didn't realize that. That's like maybe something that I, as the host, should have known going into this episode. But that's, so I would actually, yeah, I would say that you're, uh, that's a relatively big team, which makes the pivot even more interesting, right? Um, so how did the idea come about? And then how did you, uh, how did you mitigate that sort of pivot? This is fun to talk about, like, in retrospect. We haven't really thought about it in depth since yeah. this all happened. I remember uh, you know, January, February, March of 2020 was like when all this was happening. January and February, we were all last year, actually, we were going to do, we're a fully remote team. We were planning on doing our remote trip. Actually, we were going to go to Italy last year. It was gonna be the whole thing. And in February, actually in March, even we were still like, yeah, we'll, we'll probably go to Italy. <laughs> and then finally it was like, yeah, we're not going there. And also what are we going to do about events? Because now nobody's going to do events. Yeah. Um, so we did quickly, we actually, like, Zach and everybody in leadership empowered basically everybody on the team to be like, okay, well, what are your ideas that's going to help our customers actually still be able to succeed with all these new limitations? So people actually started whipping up, like, all these extensions. There was all sorts of them. Do you remember what some of them were, Zach? There was tons of little extensions to do all sorts of things. Yeah, it was, like, every day, you know? It, yeah. We- we kind of like took the shackles off in terms of the roadmap. We were just mm. like, ah, the world's different. Everybody just like go do something interesting today. Cause we don't know, you know, I think we were working on a, an update to our mobile app that, you know, would have helped like event check-ins in mm-hmm. person. We're like, no, this doesn't make any sense. Stop, yeah. stop working on that right now. Um, I think we, you know, we, we're in the final plans of starting up seating charts again. It's like, none of this makes any sense. So, we really kind of unshackled everybody and just go work on some stuff. So right out of the gate was the Google released updated like JSON LD to support uh, virtual events. And so somebody like the next day put out an extension that was like, Oh, now we have this support for the events calendar. Wow. Um, and it was that kind of thing. I, I think for maybe three weeks or so there every day I would come in and one of our devs had done some weird interesting thing uh that they were they wanted to share that was um very customer specific very in the moment trying to address uh the kind of global anxiety we all were in the middle of wow that's and it was oh go ahead hazel yeah well i was gonna say it was team-wide too because it wasn't just developers like even on content side people were writing all sorts of tips and things what you should do not even just like my content team it was everybody like throwing in different ways of like 
either a hack workaround to make a thing happen or just in general, best practice. Like we're all used to virtual events because we've been, you know, going to them daily for the past, is it 20 years now? (laughs) Um, But uh, at the time, people were scrambling. They didn't know what to do. Um, And virtual events was always something we had kind of hovered around. Customers wanted it, but it wasn't super high demand. So it wasn't on our media roadmap at the time. Um, but yeah, so we started doing all these extensions and we ended up again with the challenge of extensions are free. We have a free extension library that, um, anybody on our team can make one. Um, and we go through a little process, but they're not like supported by our full support team, but they're fun. They're little things. They could be a fun little thing or like, Oh, do you want to print your tickets as PDFs or various little things Mm -hmm. that aren't in the product core? Um, the challenge we are experiencing is that we have a pretty large customer base, especially on our free product. And they just don't know about extensions as much as I, like I no shortage of any channel. I was trying to let everybody know about extensions. And like, we would still get these emails of like, well, how do we do virtual events? I'm like, well, we have this whole, all of this. So we came there. The next part of it was, it was a weird part. Cause we're like, well, look, we want people to be able to do this. There's also a business opportunity, but you don't want to seem predatory. So it's like all of these mm-hmm. things that came into balance and it really worked out. We're like, well, let's put a, some of these extensions along with some other stuff we've been working internally and kind of roll them into this virtual events add-on. So now people realize, well, this is a thing we have. And just naming it really just made the success of it, made it so that, oh, we understand that they support virtual events. And we still offer the free extensions if you want to piece it together that way too. This episode is brought to you by Restrict Content Pro. If you need a fast, easy way to set up a membership site for yourself or your clients, look no further than the Restrict Content Pro WordPress plugin. Easily create premium content for members using your favorite payment gateway, manage members, send member-only emails, and more. You can create any number of subscription packages, including free levels and free trials. But that's not all. Their extensive add-ons library allows you to do even more, like drip out content, connect with any number of CRMs and newsletter tools, including ConvertKit and MailChimp, and integrate with other WordPress plugins like BBPress. Since the Build Something Club rolled out earlier this year, you can bet it's using Restrict Content Pro, and I have used all of the things mentioned here in this ad read. I have created free levels. I've created coupons. Uh, I use ConvertKit and I'm using it with BBPress for the forums. I'm a big fan of the team and I know they do fantastic work. The plugin has worked extremely well for me and I was able to get memberships up and running very quickly. Right now, they are offering a rare discount for How I Built It listeners only. 20% off your purchase when you use RCP How I Built It at checkout. That's RCP How I Built It, all one word. If you want to learn more about Restrict Content Pro and start making money with your own membership site, head on over to howibuilt.it slash RCP. That's howibuilt.it slash RCP. Thanks to Restrict Content Pro for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. It sounds like you for a number of weeks there just made it like like 20% time but like the whole time right like Google for those who <laughs> exactly. don't know right Google I I don't know if they still do this actually but 
for many, many I years. I, yeah, I don't know if they do either. I mean, like... I they think the just, executives get to do it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, for a long time, right, they would allow employees to use 20% of their time to just work on whatever, pet projects and cool things like that. And lots of cool projects came out of that, like Google Reader, rest in peace. Uh, Google Wave, rest in peace. Uh, Google the social okra thing, rest in peace. So they've got um, a good track record. Yeah, they have a really nice, there's like a great website that's called like Google Graveyard or something like that. Uh, but um, but it sounds like you just kind of said like, go crazy, let's just come up with, like there are no bad ideas in brainstorming, which the coder in me is like singing, right? Because there are some days where I'm like, I wish I could just kind of like knock off for the day and code some weird thing. Uh, but also I have like a ton of content and client work I need to do. Um, and mm -hmm. like limited time, right. Cause I'm watching my kids half of the week. Uh, yeah. so, um, but that sounds amazing. And then Hazel, it sounds like you alluded to this. You had all of these extensions and then you rolled it into a virtual events add on. So, um, when you said you threw out your roadmap, um, how long did it take between kind of like the code, everything, uh, let's see what ideas are good. Uh, how long between that and the virtual events add-on? Um, how much time passed? Approximately till the release, or until we decided we're gonna we're gonna turn this into a thing. Oh yeah, that's a good question. So how about you decide to turn it into a thing? Because I suspect when you decided to turn it into a thing, I suspect your roadmap changed a little bit there, and you actually started to have like a clearer one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So I I, I clearly remember as a lot of these ideas were coming out uh it was it was a little cowboy right mm -hmm. we weren't using all of our processes we weren't uh including a lot of uh people uh in the conversation about oh we're gonna put a virtual event indicator in list view what's that gonna look like uh and i'll admit our design team started to <laughs> get some anxiety around that uh they were like this this isn't us, we just launched these brand new views that are beautiful and very well designed, and you're just you're just sticking a thing right here. You <laughs> you guys can't do that. What what's happening? Um, so I, that was one of the big influences, I think, to us saying, okay, it's fun to have these in the free extension, but we probably also want to put some polish on this to make it a real thing. Uh, and then, I don't know, it was probably late one night or early one morning, because that's when Hazel has her best ideas. Uh, <laughs> she DM'd me and said, this needs to be a thing. We we need to package this up and make it a product. And, uh, you know, the experiments are fun, but we need to make it a, a thing. Gotcha. That was probably three weeks in, okay. probably late. Late yeah, March we were probably April. like, we were just really sending out as much content as we could about these extensions, about the content we had written. We gave everybody like the playbook of how to do virtual events. And we were still getting inundated of people. You know, it was scrambling. People were afraid of their livelihoods at the time. And frankly, a lot of events people still are. Yeah, um, yeah. And admittedly, so, we were too, right? Yeah, our whole business course. is events. We, we had no idea what was going to happen to our revenue. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's totally understandable. My brother, uh, Phil, is... Uh, works for an art gallery and his main job was to plan two huge events that were like the biggest fundraisers for this art gallery. Um, and I, I think with grants, they were able to keep him until October, but eventually he, he got furloughed because events weren't working. And I was like, what about virtual events? And he said, we thought about that, but yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So this pivot um, is incredible because it feels 
it feels like you were able to uh, help a lot of people out and empower them and maybe even give them some ideas for how they can stay afloat uh, in, a, in a time where people weren't going places. Yeah, and we were able to roll it out with some other opportunities that had popped up at the time, which we have a email communication tool for all of our events called Promoter. We gave Promoter away free for six months. Anybody could use it um, because that was like a big hang up people were having. It's like, well, I need to let folks know if my event is canceled or not canceled. Or there was so much uncertainty before everybody knew that, well, everything's canceled. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But at the time, they were like, is it canceled? Is it not? So we gave everybody Promoter for free for a good chunk of the year. Last year. That's that's fantastic. Um, and so I I want to circle back to that, right? Because you mentioned that you yeah. have um, a lot of free customers as well. Your extensions are free, uh, but I do want to I do want to talk about once you've decided to package this up. Um, I, I want to ask the title question, right? How did you How did you build it? Uh, how did you define the roadmap? Did you How did you What did the design team contribute, right, to make sure that everything was on the up and up? Um, so what did the, what did the rollout look like? So the, the, for me, the funnest part of virtual events was so many times we have our roadmap because we have what, nine, 10 products, no, their answer, nine or 10 products. We have several products, which all have their respective roadmaps essentially. So when you're doing things, you're kind of hopping between different ones. Obviously they each have their dedicated team, but if you're in one that kind of floats between like marketing, like I'm like, Oh, what are you guys doing over here? What's happening here? This was really cool. Everybody buckled down on just this one thing. And we actually did a pattern where we had meetings, I think almost daily at one point, going through the whole uh, Moscow list, which I don't know what it stands for. What's that? Like a project management. I'm not a project manager. Like a must have. Could you do whatever? Nice. I've never heard Um, that before. Uh, So I'm going to, I'll link in the show notes to something for that. Yeah. It's really, I can share a template with you too. I, I, uh, Susan, who runs the ship for all of this stuff, was amazing. Like on getting everybody on board and really making sure that everybody understood what was next. And the biggest, the hardest part was what is priority? Because this is new. Like when we're looking at something for 10 years, as we had for the events calendar, it was pretty, I wouldn't say easy to figure out priority. It's always a challenge, but it was like, we had our general big buckets. And now it's like, well, this is a whole new thing. And what is important that we could actually build? Um, so Zach, I don't know if you remember like some of the stuff that was on our list. There's some stuff that still hasn't made it, obviously. Yeah, I, I, we obviously latched onto Zoom right away. Mm-hmm. It was clear that uh, that's where everybody was going. Still, sort of surprises me to some extent. There's so many different <laughs> video platforms, but at Zoom won in this big disruption. Yep. So we immediately started building a Zoom integration. That was one of the first extensions we put out too. Uh, and so that became, I think, the cornerstone feature of the virtual events product. We needed it to be really easy for someone to create a Zoom meeting from within WordPress, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from within their event creation interface. Uh, obviously, updates to the views so that we could show, you know, virtual events, I think, embedded. Uh, some controls around embedded video, which seems like, well, why, why all of a sudden are we doing controls around embedded video of like, you know, if someone's logged in, do they have a ticket? Can they view this? It was like, Oh yeah. Yep. Cause that's, yeah, that's what this is all of a sudden. Right. Uh, low priority feature that suddenly became high priority. That's, that's super interesting. Right. Because I've been thinking a lot about that for like my members only, uh, 
my members only content, right? Like I want to have like a office hours or like a sign up only webinar or something like that. And I'm like, I could, I could pay like some exorbitant amount for webinar software, but like I don't use it enough to justify that cost. So I'm like, I'll just put a WordPress page and password protect it. But it sounds like you're solving that exact problem. And maybe something that we could talk about in the members only episode uh, along yeah, with, absolutely. Uh, yeah, along with joining um, the Liquid Web team is they also own Restrict Content Pro, sponsor of this episode, and I'm sure there's probably some some synergy there that maybe we can discuss. <laughs> um, yes. But I, I mean, this is this is fantastic, right? You, I feel like you really uh, understood the space, and is that because you've been in it for a long time, or did you get a lot of feedback from customers, or some combination of both? So I, I was in a position where I could act as like a prototype customer because I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been a customer from the events calendar from before I worked for the events calendar. Uh, I run, I've always run various events, but most recently I run uh, a parenting community here in Long Beach. Uh, and we do tons of events and all kinds of stuff. And I was also pivoting to virtual. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey guys, can I do this with like not taking 15 steps? Can it just take two steps? Because it was, it was in, like, it was a lot of steps to get yeah. virtual events going at first. You're having to ma- email everybody manually, go to your four platforms, you're doing Zoom here, something else with the events calendar, something else with, you know, the your email system. And that was a large part of what initially did. However, we dove right in and did a ton of user interviews too, because I'm certainly not the be all end all of a event planners experience. So we dove in and did a few dozen user interviews and that really helped guide us. That's great. And what did you use for the user interviews? Because this is something that's come up on the show a lot. Uh, I certainly don't do it enough for my courses or my products. I feel like it's probably something that a lot of listeners want to do more of. Uh, so is there anything that you use to make those easier for you or? I have a very specific theory on user interviews is that everybody's <laughs> very afraid to talk to their customers. It's not that hard. Yeah. <laughs> like you just like, <laughs> like people like overthink it and they're like, what are we going to, I'm like, I don't know, find like a customer who opened a support ticket recently and then email them ask if they want to talk more. Like it's not, I don't do a very scientific method on this. Perhaps I should, but it, it seems to serve us pretty decently. <laughs> I, I mean, Hazel's yeah. being kind of humble there. Her her user interviews are so good, and she's right that her process is pretty loose. But every time I listen to one of, because she records them, what's the what's the program you use that does the transcription? Oh yeah, we use we use Otter.ai to transcribe, which is great because then you can go two x listening to it in the background while you're doing something or whatever. Nice. Yeah, and then I listen. I listen to those anytime. Sometimes she tells me like, eh, whatever, this was kind of boring. But a lot yeah. of the time, when she says. This one's worth listening to. I'll I'll just sit there and they're they're so full of ideas and things that we can do that just would make the product better and sometimes not even big things. You know, it's just a little like, oh, we can't even see that. We we're, we've been in the product so long. Yeah. I, I love Hazel's user interviews. They're they're so good and I I want to do more of them. <laughs> but yeah, we definitely I mean, did a bunch what, on this project. The, that's the thing. My only method is like, we should do more of them. And one of the channels I want to do more of them, this is less related to this project specifically, but ongoing that I've been tossing around this idea of like, oh, if someone on the support team has a good interaction or just maybe any kind of interaction where the person's kind of pushing more about ideas, well, I should just give them my Calendly link so they can, you know, schedule an interview because might as well, if they're already interested in talking, let's just keep that pipeline going. 
Yeah, that's that's great. And I, I mean, I think you make a really good point, right? People are afraid to talk to their customers because uh, what if I hear something bad, yeah, right? But like, you, you probably will. <laughs> you probably will, right? You're no one's perfect, and no one could see what possibly what everybody is thinking about your product, right? So, yeah. um, I love it. You just reach out. Use otter.ai. That, so is that good? I've heard a lot of automated transcription services, but this one keeps coming up a lot. It's it's it, the only good one I've seen. It still gets awesome. some like sure. weirdness, yeah. but it's like head and shoulders above any other one I've tried. And it's really cheap. It's like, what, 100 bucks a year or something. It's really cheap. Oh, relatively. wow. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I've been using like the Rev automation and that's like, okay. And it's also really it's little, cheap. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I've never used that one. It's okay. I mean, I, I don't pay for their like person transcription because that's really mm-hmm. expensive. And my transcriber yeah. is amazing. Thank you, Evelyn. Um, so, you know, she, she's great. Um, but when I need something like quick and dirty, like the automated one is good. Uh, but yeah, exactly. we're getting, uh, we're getting off topic here, but I think that was really helpful. <laughs> um, something you've mentioned now a couple of times is the importance of like the email list. Uh, and we were talking in the pre-show about how you're using Freemius. And and for those of you who don't know, uh, I interviewed Vova Feldman in a, an episode a couple of years ago. I'll link that in the show notes. But Freemius is essentially a way for you to sell. Uh, is it specifically WordPress plugins? Um, I was going to say digital yeah, so products, for, but it's very specific to WordPress plugins. It's specific to WordPress plugins. Uh, you know, go listen to your old Vova episode for yeah. sure. But uh <laughs> We don't use the full Freemius platform. Right. We use one half of it. So Freemius can be your sales and distribution of your plugin, but it also comes with uh, you know double opt-in plus analytics on your customers. And that's the piece that we use. Uh, so when, when anybody installs <clears throat> either our free, of our free products, the events calendar or event tickets, then they get uh, prompted, you know, do you want to you want to share your information with the events calendar and and then we're able to um, communicate with them and, and build out our list. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into keyboard shortcuts called snippets. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. With Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Better than copy and paste, better than scripts and templates, Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type. Take back your time and increase your productivity in the new year. And Let me just say that Snippets is not all it does. With advanced Snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and much more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, Hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used Snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my keyboard and convert it to plain text, so I'm no longer fighting formatting. Plus, if you have employees or contractors, you can use Text Expander to manage and share snippets with them so you all get it right every time. 
I've recently started sharing text expander snippets with my virtual assistant. This year, How I Built It is focusing on being productive while working from home. Text Expander is the perfect tool for that. Plus, they're providing resources and blog posts to help you make the most of their tool and be productive. Text Expander is available on Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now is the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. So the way the process works, right, is somebody installs your plugin, they get prompted and say, hey, do you want to share info with us? Uh, and then you ask them for their email address there. Is that like a secondary thing? Uh, it, it asks there and then there's a double opt-in after. Of gotcha. Like, oh, do you actually want to receive news from us? Cool. So they yeah. really um, like, they really want to want to, right? <laughs> Right, we try yeah. to say all in the up yeah. with it. Hundred percent, yeah. Cool. Um, I mean, there's uh, certainly I, people who who do that, and then they're like, "What? Why are you emailing me?" Well, yeah, that is, told us that yeah. it was okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so that you know, that's but that's email marketing. Right. I think that this has always been a big gap in the WordPress plugin ecosystem that Vova's filling really nicely. I, it remains kind of confusing to me why. WordPress as a parent brand doesn't have a lot of tools to support people like us. And I I know that there's some dangerous waters around open source and all of this, but uh, I don't know what automatic at this point sells a lot of plugins. You know, it's not, it's, it's not the old days of, uh, of everything being, being yeah. totally free. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I have a theory and I don't, I don't want to get all, bummer but yeah I, when i interviewed um uh, uh becca over at jilt um she said something that surprised me which was if you sell plugins through the woocommerce through woocommerce.com you don't get any customer customer information um you don't get to see those email addresses or whatever so i suspect there's probably some purposeful vendor lock in there that vova frankly uh freemius frankly probably doesn't care about right because you are the customer your customers are not their customers. Um, yep, exactly. But you also raised a good it point. It has gone. Yeah. No, go ahead. Hazel. I, was gonna, I was just going to say it has been a really nice channel for us. The free to paid. Um, even, I mean, and not free to pay just from revenue, but also stuff like vital updates and stuff. Before, we, you know, we were trying to hound people to join the mailing list because you want to find out if like something is a vital uh, update you need or if something's broken. I mean, I'm not going to say we're not wanting to sell them stuff. Of course we do. Sorry. But there are in tandem like there's actual vital updates um that we just didn't have a channel before and this has really opened that up and been really helpful yeah that's fantastic and i i i mean you made the point that i was just going to make is you said that uh this has been a really great way for you to do something else i don't think a lot of small business owners focus too much on which is building their email list at all i started entirely too late on building my list um and it's been a great asset for me so um i think just First of all, I, until you mentioned it, I didn't know that Freemius offered this other part of their platform. So those of you who are building plugins but don't necessarily use Freemius for distribution, you can still get analytics and, and build your email list, which is like Boba's going to hate us now. <laughs> I, was like, like, no, he, <laughs> I was like, he might like us. He might, he might be struggling to sell that part of his product. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, his pricing is really good on that part of the product too. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, you know, if you're using him for distribution, uh, 
as soon as you like hit a point where if you've got a big audience, it gets very expensive to be mm-hmm. on freemius. Yeah. And I'm sure for him, it, it's expensive to support. So it's fair, right? Right. It's right. Not, yeah. Not predatory, but uh, it, I could see where a big, a bigger plugin shop may not look at freemius because they, they're afraid of the distribution piece, but the analytics is great and, and we really love it. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what do you use for the distribution channel? Did you build your own or are you using like EDD? You built your own? We built, well, there was an old plugin, I don't know, 10 years ago uh, called PUE, uh, Plugin Updater Engine. And we forked that uh, very early on. I think we forked it. It probably disappeared five minutes after we forked it. I've never <laughs> heard of anyone else using it. Uh, but we've just been building on that as kind of our internal distribution for for many, many years now. Awesome. Um, man, we are, this has been such a, a great conversation. Um, as we kind of wrap up here, I do want to ask uh, for tips for the listeners. Um, and I think probably uh, around your plugin, you, you've been really looking at virtual events. Uh, I know I aspire to host a virtual event sometime in the near future when my schedule is a little bit more flexible. Um, if somebody wants to start a virtual event, is there any are there any tips that you have for them besides get the events calendar and uh, uh, the virtual add-on? Because I was just looking at it, and for sure, I will be adding that to uh, <laughs> to my lineup. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of my tips are less related to the software. Of course, like that mm. makes your life easier. Sure. But virtual events, um, I mean, they get so much flack because so many people are not putting effort into them, frankly. Like they're just like, come to my virtual event. And it's like, I don't know. I, not, I can't even think of a good example, but they're not going to do a good job. I know yeah, I've been I several mean, where they're not doing a good job. Promoting or, I mean, I've been the speaker at several events. WordFest just happened as we record this and the speaker team really great job of communicating um, yes. there. I think they did a fantastic job. I knew exactly what I needed to do and when I needed to do it and where I needed to be. And they did a really nice job there. But you're right. Some are just like, uh, it's it's at this time. Record or don't. Can you be there? Like, uh, it's just... Well, I think... Yeah. And I think what it is, is to me, like an event has give and take from the yeah. presenter and the audience, whether yeah. it's a concert or whatever. There has to be give and take. And so many virtual events are just going one way. Um, there's several ways to unlock that, but basically it's like, I used to say like, we live in like an age of events. Anybody can go through an events, but it's really become more now community. You can't have a successful virtual event without being a good community manager. Mm-hmm. You have to actively be out there getting people involved, making them interested. So you have that give and take. Yeah. It I does have so to be more than just a, more than just a webinar. This episode is brought to you by MindSize. Look, it's super important for stores to have an online presence these days. If customers can't buy online, they might not buy at all. And while doing e-commerce fast has gotten easier, doing e-commerce right still has its considerable challenges. That's where MindSize comes in. They are a full-service digital agency that focuses on WordPress and WooCommerce development. But that's not all. They work with Shopify, BigCommerce, and more. And they'll work with you to create the perfect strategy and website for your business. Already have an e-commerce site and want to make sure it's up and running in tip-top shape? Their flat rate site audit is exactly what you need. Over the course of two weeks, they'll dive into every aspect of your site. 
and deliver a prioritized list of actionable recommendations to make your site even better. That means more sales and engagement for you and your store. Or if you're a freelancer or agency who feels in over your head with an e-commerce build, their agency support plan is built specifically for you. There were a few times in my career where I really could have used that. They'll take a high-stress situation and help you relax while still delivering for your client. So check out MindSize over at MindSize.com today. They will help you make more money, whether you need an e-commerce store, whether you need to improve your current e-commerce store, or if you build e-commerce stores for others. That's MindSize.com, M-I-N-D-S-I-Z-E.com. Thanks so much to MindSize for supporting the show. There are a lot of things missing from virtual events that happen in in-person events, right? And one is the networking aspect. How do you mitigate that? Um, I think WordPress or WordCamp sponsors have done a pretty good job. Like Yoast, I know, and GoDaddy Pro have both um, uh, did interesting things to get people to their virtual booth, right? And so... Yeah, I've seen that. WP Buffs is doing a pretty cool, done a pretty cool job lately, too, of some of their nice. stuff they've been doing. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so I think maybe the main takeaway, right, is if you're going to have a virtual event, don't just let it be a fly-by-night thing, right? Actually think about it and put effort into it and just be like, oh, I could, I have Zoom. I'll have a virtual event. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I, and, I, and I think the takeaway is just make sure you're really understanding and thinking about the difference between event and content. Mm-hmm. Um, a webinar certainly could be both, but typically it's a lot of times content, right? right. But the event is what's live, what's actually making people feel that sort of, you know, that feeling when you go to an event that you have connection with the community. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. And um, just as a little bit of a tangent here, uh, I've been thinking about um, doing like an evergreen webinar, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I'm trying to move my, my own courses and I'm just like, how do I, how do I, make it evergreen. I ever, the virtue of an evergreen webinar is that I'm not actually there. Right. Because, uh, and that's gotta be super clear, but what if people have questions and am I better off just doing X, Y, or Z? So I think I'm going to test the waters by like doing a YouTube premiere where I am there for that. Yeah. Shout out to Aaron Flynn for giving me that idea. Um, I'll actually be there for the premiere answering questions in the chat. Uh, and then if they want, the super special thing, uh, there'll be a link to a form, right? Where they can get That's the awesome. super special thing. So, um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's, ta- it's taking a lot of innovating and it sounds like uh, you, are, you all have done a really good job of pivoting and, and, and doing that um, and helping people make better events in a medium that not a lot of people are familiar with too. Yeah. So yeah. awesome. Well, I want to end this conversation with asking you my favorite question. You can give a combined one or two different ones if you like, uh, but it is, do you have any trade secrets for us? Trade secrets. I always, Zach, I want to get, get a bell for when people say trade secrets. <laughs> I know, right? They probably do to buy time. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my career has been been more of a, uh, a developer, but uh, I'll give you a management trade secret, which nice. is to just hire people that are smarter than you. Um, we, we wouldn't have done any of this if we didn't have our team coming up with weird ideas, Hazel pushing designers, pushing like I, virtual events is not, uh, 
is not the sort of product that's that spun out of one person's brain. It's spun out of the team looking at all these different opportunities, writing great content, talking to customers. I don't know. That's just, it's a lot of smart people doing good work. That's awesome. Yeah. And if I had a trade secret, I, you know, I would boil it down to what I said earlier. I see so many people like just not being afraid to do a thing wrong. And pe- there's such a short memory of anything these days. Like just go do something. Who cares if it's wrong? Like nobody's going to remember it tomorrow anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. The 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 your harshest critic will always be you, right? In that situation. Yep. But if you uh, you know, I, I let me tell you, I eat my words a lot. I'll tweet something that's wrong, uh, yeah. but I'll go back and I'll be like, hey, I was wrong about this or whatever. Exactly. I mean, it so. takes that kind of openness, and I think it, it gets you. It opens a lot of doors. Just that willingness to be like, I'm not sure about this, but here's the thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've, for sure. I, I always tell people that. Uh, I would much rather be corrected than going on thinking I was wrong uh, than, than <laughs> thinking something was wrong. It couldn't do it. Yeah. Like I, I, I would just much rather, I'd much rather be actually right than think I was right, I guess is the way to put that. Um, yeah. And the way you can find that out is by putting, putting it out there. Yeah, exactly. I have, I have strong opinions uh, that can also be changed. Um, awesome. Uh, well, Hazel, Zach, this has been fantastic. If people want to learn more about you, where can they find you? We're on the eventscalendar.com. Uh, we're pretty active on Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, you know, all the places. But yeah, the eventscalendar.com is where we are. All right. I will link to that and more in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 213. In the members only show, we are going to talk synergy with restrict content pro possibly acquisitions and more if you're not part of the club you can sign up over at build something.club it's just five bucks a month for lots of cool content and interesting things uh so thanks uh for listening thanks so much to our sponsors mind size restrict content pro and text expander and hazel and zach thanks so much for joining me i really appreciate it thanks joe this was great always fun And until next time, get out there and build something.